You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Recruiting 24-7 alongside Blair and Gulo. I'm Emily Proud, and we are bringing together the best and brightest in recruiting and making sure you're up to date on all the major headlines across the country. And Blair, it was a wild weekend for the sport, both on the field and on the recruiting trail. Yes, we had some upsets. We had a goalpost end up in the Tennessee River, and this is exactly what happens down the stretch Heading into the early signing period, we see recruits take a ton of visits, and this is when it gets really, really exciting. Yeah, let's break that all down. We're going to start with what's trending in the recruiting world. Then Blair holds an in-depth discussion on Florida's uncommitted players with Andrew Ivins, and we'll wrap things up with a look at Michigan with our team site expert. Let's hit the headlines to kick it off. And anyone lucky enough to be at Neyland Stadium Saturday was treated to an atmosphere for the ages. Four-star defensive lineman David Hobbs called it the biggest game he's been to by far. Yes, Emily, and for all the talk about volunteers explosive offense it's the defensive emphasis on the recruiting trail two of the top three prospects committed to Tennessee are on the defensive side of the ball and David Hobbs would make it three of four meanwhile Notre Dame lands four-star running back Jeremiah Love what kind of player are they getting in him a between-the-tackles ball carrier, really good vision and the elusiveness to, to make defenders miss at the second level. Jeremiah Love is tailor-made for what Notre Dame likes to do offensively. The full-court press from Texas to impress four-star edge and Oklahoma commit Colton Vasek continued this weekend and Blair Arch Manning reportedly joining in on those efforts. Yes, we mentioned it last week, Arch Manning taking a more active approach to recruiting. Not really a social media guy, but I know he's now really ramping things up with about two months to go to the early signing period. And, and Emily, we're getting into that phase of the recruiting cycle where the seatbelt light has turned on. So get used to this. All right, buckle up. Speaking of, let's bring in Director of Recruiting Steve Wiltfong for some more insight on these topics. First off, Colton Vasek, what is the latest on his recruitment right now? Well, outside of him visiting Texas, it's a lot of speculation, right? I mean, he's been committed to Oklahoma and really chose the Sooners over the Oregon Ducks. I think Oregon was the runner up for him. He took his five official visits in the summer, also included Texas and, and, and Texas Tech and, and took an official visit to um, uh, uh, Clemson. Clemson was also an official visit in there, but uh, ultimately chose the Sooners because I think it was closer to home than, than Oregon. There was a time where I thought Oregon was the team to beat. 
um, and he's a pivotal recruit for both of these programs when you're talking about Oklahoma and Texas down the, st- down the stretch. And Texas is a defense that's been on the rise under this new staff, and Coach Sark and his offense certainly gets a lot of praise, and they're going to be dynamic for years to come. This is a defense that's in the top 40 right now. Uh, Oklahoma has the nation's number three recruiting class. Colton Vasek's a key piece to that class, guys. When you look at where Oklahoma stands defensively nationally, 115. I don't think Brent Venables has seen his defense rank that low in his entire career. He's trying to turn it around quickly. Colton Vasek's a key piece of that. He's having a tremendous senior season, nine sacks uh, in seven games, 14 quarterback hurries, playing for one of the best defenses, high school defenses in the country. And uh, uh, he's, a, he's a prospect that has been rising up our rankings and certainly a Texas legacy. His dad played for the Longhorns. So anytime he pops up on their campus, it certainly raises the antenna on where his recruitment stands. Love that yeah, Steve, I was going to ask you about him being a Texas legacy. How much of an impact do you think that could have on a potential flip now for the Longhorns? Well, it didn't have much impact on his uh, recruitment the first time around when, in my opinion, he chose Oklahoma uh, over Oregon. Those were the two schools that I thought were in best position down the stretch. But now you're, you're playing out the season. I think proximity to home was obviously a, a factor for him uh, when you look at the look at uh, him choosing Oklahoma there. And, and, and so being a Texas legacy, popping up at the Texas game as a recruit prospect and spending time with the Texas commits, you know, I. I I think it's, you know, I mean, I think the the Red River showdown may have had more to do with with what happens in this recruitment moving forward than 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 him being a, a Texas legacy. It sounds like he's navigating his own waters. Got to love the rivalry between those two squads as well, battling over him. Meanwhile, Jeremiah Love took visits to Texas A&M, Michigan, Alabama, and yet it's Notre Dame who wins this battle. Steve, how are they able to pull it off? Well, they got him to campus several times, took his official visit in the summer, returned twice this fall, came in for the Marshall game, and then also returned this past weekend for the Stanford game. And uh, I think a, a, a combination of things led to him picking Notre Dame, led by lead recruiter Dylan McCullough, the running backs coach, his track record of developing the position at several places and also coaching in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the stage Notre Dame plays on. I think that uh, they think that if, if his family thinks that if Jeremiah can have the college career that they're anticipating and he does it at a place like Notre Dame, you know, his star will really shine there in what is becoming the NIL era. And so uh, uh, Notre Dame and, and and all the followers that they have was another thing that was exciting. And then proximity, you know, not too far from St. Louis. I think all those, all those things factored in. And then certainly Marcus Freeman is one of the top head coach recruiters in the country. His commitment, we saw Notre Dame rise from number six to number three in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings. And they've gotten a lot more dynamic on offense. Jeremiah Love maybe being the most versatile player in that group as a guy like Blair said at the top can hurt you between the tackles but he's got 10-7 speed he's over a 22 foot long jumper so he's very explosive and fast so he can hurt you on the perimeter he's a threat to score anytime he touches the ball then he also can really catch the football so you can get him out uh, you can scheme that into uh, your offensive attack with him as well he can catch the ball downfield and make things happen in that regard Notre Dame's offense needs some more juice to it I think they're doing it with this class. Jeremiah Love, as big a get as they have this cycle. Steve, a really explosive player. And we wonder sometimes about these high-profile prospects and how ready they are to contribute at the next level immediately. Could he be a potential impact freshman next fall? 
Yeah, I look at all the skilled players in Notre Dame's class, and I think they all have a chance to come in and, and make an impact right away from this talented receiver group to these running backs th that they have committed that give them all kinds of different looks. You know, he joins Dylan Edwards and and, and Jaden Lamar. And I think all those guys have a skill set that can come in and play right away. Jeremiah Love and, and Dylan Edwards in particular, Dylan Edwards is a 4-3-40 guy that was the fastest guy at the opening uh, or excuse me, at the uh, future 50 this summer. So you pair his 4-3 speed with Jeremiah Love's 10-7. Now this is this is a class that can really run and and be dynamic and and give the offense some, some cool pieces to run out there next season. As for Davon Hobbs, Alabama and Georgia largely viewed as Tennessee's biggest competition to land him. But how much did the environment in Knoxville and more importantly the win over Alabama? actually make an impact on his recruitment well he told me that tennessee has set the bar in his recruitment at this point now he's still got future official visits to alabama and georgia and, and and like you said those are the programs that i'm watching closest in this recruitment north carolina and auburn round out his final five but he's been to tennessee's two biggest games this year he was on his official visit for the win over florida and that was certainly an exciting visit then to come back and for the win over Tennessee. Uh, they had a terrific time. I talked to him and his mom. His mom said they were standing and cheering the whole ball game for the Vols. And, and she said that college environment and is going game day environment's a major factor in his decision. And she said it's hard to top Rocky Top. So, you know, he's going to take those game visits to Alabama and Georgia as his process continues. But Tennessee, Coach Rodney Garner and his track record as, as a defensive line close coach, the trajectory uh, of this program is, is exciting. Uh, and for Tennessee, look, they're, they're, they're a team that's obviously now a, a national title contender with that win over Alabama. Uh, but defense is a major focus for them as they try and get this program uh, uh, to compete for national titles consistently. And it's one that ranks 105 in, in the country. But I love the way they recruited last cycle. The, the, the meat of this class is on the defensive side as well. And, and uh, David Hobbs would certainly be another key piece to add to what they already have in the fold. Yeah, any defender coming to Tennessee needs to be ready to run. Steve, thank you so much. Be sure to check out new episodes of the Wilt Fong Whip Around dropping every Monday and Friday on the 24-7 Sports YouTube page. Blair, let's go back to love here. Notre Dame had the number one class early in the cycle and have lost a little bit of steam since then, but despite the lack of results on the field right now, Marcus Freeman and company are still showing that uh, they're going to be tough to contend with on the recruiting trail. Yeah, it's really remarkable, right? Because what they've done on the field doesn't really add up to some of the recruiting success, but it shows that Marcus Freeman has that pull. They're able to get into some of these heavyweight battles like they did with Jeremiah Love. And I think what's interesting is that now we're seeing the full effect of the Notre, Notre Dame trademark, right? That, that brand, the ability for them to recruit and bring in prospects to South Bend, something that was missing during the pandemic, something that we didn't get to see out of the Fighting Irish. And now we're seeing the full scope of Notre Dame's recruiting pool. And obviously the results could now follow. If he brings in some hype caliber prospects, this could really allow Marcus Freeman to build from within and bring in a top brand prospects to that team and guys that can make an impact. Yeah, Love would be one of those guys that would make an impact. Thank you, Blair. Well, down in the swamp, the weather isn't the only thing making the Gators sweat. A handful of blue chip prospects still mulling over their college destination. Kermani McLean and Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson, Ruben Bain, all have Florida as contenders. But 
Where do things stand? Let's bring in some help to find out. Joining us now is national analyst Andrew Ivins, also the co-host of the Preps to Pro show. And we are here to discuss some of the top names in the state of Florida. Andrew, let's begin with Cormani McLean, the five-star corner, the number one rated defensive prospect in this 2023 class. What is the latest in the recruitment of Cormani McLean? It still sounds like he is closing in on a decision. You know, I went up and I saw Cormani play a few weeks ago. He kind of surprised me when he said uh, a commitment be, could be coming soon. Now, he hasn't named a date. Uh, there was talks of him getting to Alabama for an official visit that weekend when the Crimson Tide took on Texas A&M. Those plans ended up falling through, so he's only really taken – one visit since the season has started, and that was to Florida for that game week one against Utah. Uh, I think this is still a two-team battle between Alabama and Florida. Miami's kind of hanging in the shadows, but really this is going to come down to the Gators in the Crimson Tide. And I've said for the longest time, I think Cormani wants to wear the orange and blue. I think that's where his heart is. He knows a lot of people from his hometown of Lakeland, Polk County. They've gone up to Gainesville. They've had success. So I like Florida right here. My crystal balls has been on them. But the one thing to keep an eye on is if Cormani will get back to Tuscaloosa for an official visit. He's been there a few different times with mom. He likes it. We know Nick Saban gets very involved with the recruiting uh, process, especially with defensive backs. So something to keep an eye on, but would not be surprised if we got a commitment maybe sooner rather than later. And that's big because previously we thought this was a guy that was going to stretch all the way into the early signing period and potentially even into February's traditional national signing day. Yeah, I think we all wondered what Billy Napier and his impact would be arriving in Gainesville and how he would fare in some of these SEC battles, obviously making a, a strong push there for Cormani McLean, the five-star corner from the state of Florida. Keon Keeley, a former Notre Dame commit, Andrew, has also taken a few visits during the season. What's the latest in the pursuit of Keon Keeley? I still like Alabama here as well. And, you know, when Keon backed off that early long-time pledge to the Irish, the crystal ball swung instantly to the Crimson Tide. And that's because Keeley had been up to Tuscaloosa for a few different events. There's this great photo of him out there cooking on midfield with the grill. He's, he's working the grill like wearing an apron inside Bryant Denny Stadium. He was up there for uh, one of the recruiting events. Well, he opens it back up. Everyone assumed that this was a layup for Alabama, but Ohio State has made this interesting. Keeley went there Labor Day weekend for an official visit. He returned for an unofficial visit on his own dime, and it seems like the Buckeyes have shrunk that gap or, or the lead that the Crimson Tide have had in the recruitment. Florida's hanging in there. They're trying to get involved. Uh, but I still like Alabama here and Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. You know, I always say you've got to keep an eye on what uh, Alabama is going to do in, in the Sunshine State. It seems like every year they come down and grab their guys. They already got Richard Young committed. Uh, and Richard Young, the five-star running back, he's actually doing a great job of peer recruiting and trying to get Keon Keeley in the boat. So we'll see how this one plays out. He's another one where I think we could have a decision much sooner in, 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 in advance of that early signing period before those holidays come. So I like Alabama. Ohio State's given Keeley something to think about, um, but I like the Crimson Tide for now.
Yeah, when you think about edge rushers right now in the modern college football game, you think Ohio State, you think Bama. Those are two schools right now, obviously, in a heavyweight battle for Keon Keeley. Let's move on to Demon Wilson, another player in the state of Florida that is getting a lot of headlines, is making some noise, and, and has a lot of eyeballs in his recruitment. What's the latest on Demon Wilson? Well, he should have a ton of eyeballs on him. I mean, this is a twitched up uh, pass rusher, pound-for-pound, uh, pound, probably one of the strongest athletes in the class. He, he does it all in the weight room. He can jump, put his chin on the rim. And, you know, Ohio State might be running number two right now for Keon Keeley, but some think that they're running number one right now for Damon Wilson. And who is some? That group also uh, includes Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting at 24-7 Sports. He put in a crystal ball pick for the Buckeyes. I don't have one in right now, but I do think Larry Johnson and the folks in Columbus have done an excellent job. And I think if you're a premier edge rusher, why would you not look at Ohio State and what they've done with the Bosa brothers, Chase Young. Uh, DeMond has been there a few times in the past. There's a photo of him circulating, I think, from two years ago when he was there on an unofficial visit. He obviously went up there. And I'll say this. I think it's interesting because uh, I had heard coming out of his tr most recent trip to Georgia, which was for an official visit, the buzz coming out of Athens is they felt very, very good about Damon Wilson. So then all of a sudden, some snap of the finger overnight, Ohio State kind of pulls back in front. He has yet to make a decision, still has some official visits to use. I don't think you can count out Miami. I don't think you can count out Texas here. We'll see if they get him on campus. I mean, no, no indication that that's going to happen, but he has talked up uh, the Longhorns having Arch Manning in the past. And then with Miami, Jason Taylor, one of the greatest pass rushers in history, you know, he works hand in hand with the defensive ends at Miami. And I think DeMond's kind of attracted to that. So we'll see. Sounds like Ohio State's in a good spot right now. And again, why not? I mean, they, they can uh, churn out some elite pass rushers and get you ready for the first round. Yeah, that's another high-profile recruitment here as we make a stretch uh, run towards the early signing period. Let's wrap things up with Ruben Bain, another defensive lineman that uh, is still on the board there in the state of Florida. Andrew, what's the latest on Ruben Bain? Well, the past three recruitments have all been kind of like two, three schools. Ruben Bain's recruitment, it's wide open. He's just named the top six. Uh, a lot of people assume he's going to Miami. His brother works for Mario Cristobal as a graduate assistant. He's also got an uncle that played for the Hurricanes, won a national title there years ago. But he has gone through this recruiting process. He was just at Florida State for an unofficial visit. He told me he's going to get back to Alabama for an unofficial visit. He's going to get to Louisville and then Auburn. And, and, and you know, Brian Harson, um, his future remains a big question mark. But everyone you talk to uh, around Reuben Bain that's involved in the recruitment, they say keep an eye on the Tigers. Reuben really, really likes what he has seen on the planes. He was there for an, an official visit, got back recently for a game, expected to return again. Um, you know, I, I think if if Auburn were to make the right hire, you know, potentially they could be the landing spot. And I think the real school to keep an eye on, if Ruben Bain doesn't end up at Miami, my money is on Alabama. He really, really likes Nick Saban. And I always say this, but it's true. Uh, you know, if there is one school where Reuben Bain could pick and no one in his his community, his camp, his neighborhood is going to question it. It's Alabama. They're, I mean, if you're going to pick Alabama over Miami, everyone's going to understand. You go to Alabama, you get you get produced, you get developed, and you turn into a first-round pick. And I think that's working uh, in Alabama's favor. Reuben expected to make a decision before the early signing period. I think it'll be much closer, though. Still has a few official visits to use, but he's going to enroll early at the school of his choice. So. Uh, you know, Miami, 
Alabama, Auburn, and I think Louisville as well. Uh, some buzz about uh, the Cardinals and, and what they've done. Florida, a big battleground state as we make that stretch one towards the early signing period. And Andrew Ivins has it all covered at 24-7 Sports. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, guys. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's head north. Big weekend at the big house as Michigan dominated on the ground and are hoping to gain some ground in recruiting. Jim Harbaugh's squad pulled off an impressive win over Penn State in front of a coveted group of recruits. We all watched the maze out unfold on TV, but we need the perspective of someone who is actually there. So let's welcome in Sam Webb from the Michigan Insider. And Sam, starting with four-star quarterback Isaac Wilson, he is the brother of a guy, you know, Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. But I think the most interesting part about his recruitment as it pertains to Michigan is that the Wolverines haven't even offered him yet. So Sam, how significant was this visit? Yeah, it was very significant. I think that as as you look at Michigan's quarterback recruiting over the last couple of cycles, they have been focused on a big fish. And if you look at last year's or this current cycle, but a guy that they already lost in, in Dante Moore, one of the mistakes, I think, was all the eggs were in that basket. Michigan is looking very, very good for Jaden Davis in the 24 cycle. Uh, but again, not making the same mistake twice. I think they know with the kind of competition they're facing. He was at Tennessee for the, the big win that Rocky Top had over Alabama last week. You better have some other guys that you really, really like. And I think Isaac Wilson is one of those guys. I, the lack of an offer is significant, but I think it's explainable in that their recruitment of him is still, relatively speaking, in its infancy. And, and so him getting to campus was as much about them, him getting to know them as them getting to know him. So it was a great opportunity for him to see the coaches face-to-face, to talk to him, to see the offense, to really get a feel for the atmosphere and the vibe in, in Ann Arbor. Uh, and I think you'll see that process kind of pick up now that they both have a better feel for one another. So very significant recruitment. Guy that they, re- I think they really, really like, but they're just now getting to know, and necessarily so, because you can't put all your eggs in the Jaden Davis basket. Sam, I was able to speak with Isaac Wilson after that uh, unofficial visit to Michigan over the weekend, and he said it was insane in there with the maze out and the crowd and and obviously the atmosphere. I wanted to ask you about 2024 recruiting specifically at that position, at quarterback. How much or how long do they wait for Jaden Davis before beginning to put out a a wider net and and hopefully land a big fish? Yeah, it's a great question, Blair. Uh, I I think 
it's a question that they don't really have to ponder that much. They don't have to think about it that hard. Because I just went down to see Jaden Davis. I've seen him three times in the past, I don't know, three or four months. And each time, his timeline has moved. When I first went to see him back in back in May, he was saying it would probably be a year before he made his decision. When I saw him again in mid-August, he said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about making a decision maybe in the spring or late winter. When I went to see him a couple of weeks ago, he said, look, I'm going to make my decision after the season and probably, you know, quite possibly before the new year. So that's a recruitment that I think has a good chance of wrapping up here in the next couple of months. He's going to come back on a visit to Michigan at the end of this month for the Michigan State game. Uh, but if you're Michigan, you don't wait on that. You got to start building those relationships now because the worst thing to happen is for you to lose a guy and then for every kid that you look at at that point to start thinking, oh, okay, so I'm the leftover. I'm the I'm the I'm the the fallback option. You don't want kids thinking that. That's why it was significant to get Isaac Wilson in now to really start growing that relationship and letting him know we like you because of because of you, not because of who else we didn't get. Uh, and again, I again the, the lack of an offer is significant, but I it, it's one of those things where they're just now really getting on the guy significantly, just not really getting a chance to see him. So I think they can explain that and at the same time uh, still look and see what's going on with Jaden Davis. It'll be interesting to track that recruitment this fall. Meanwhile, top 24-7 athlete Jair Hill told Steve Wiltfong that the environment was, quote, awesome. So it sounds like he, too, enjoyed his trip to the big house. Sam, where's Hill's interest level in Michigan right now? Yeah, that's saying a lot for Jair. He's not a guy who he's not a man of many words, right? So for him to say it was awesome. Uh, really says a lot. Uh, you know, that's a recruitment that for a long time, it really felt like Michigan was leading. They've been on him forever, it seems like, going back to the early winter. They were one of the first schools to offer him. He's been on campus, I don't know, four or five times. Uh, but this visit was significant because it had been a while. It had been since June, I think, was the last time he had made his way up, up to campus. Meanwhile, Illinois has really surged. And and the picture of Illinois is, is different now. You know, Michigan fans, you got to understand. You got to understand the mindset of a Michigan fan. You see Michigan versus Illinois. You're like, okay, that's, you know, that's like the, the, the fat kid, the smelly fat kid over there. They're not the smelly fat kid anymore, right? They're the, they're the kid that's lost some weight, who's, you know, took a bath, who's put on some, some you know, smell good now. They're looking really, really good. They're one of the top teams in the country. Brett Bielema has that team on a different plane and on top of it they have been putting forth the effort for a long time illinois prioritized jair hill seemingly to me as the number one prospect in their class the entire staff has been on him he's forged a relationship they've been by the school and if you've ever been to kankakee which i have i mean it's it's not chicago i mean i think kankakee and the the feeling that he must have and this is from talking to him and talking to his coaches you know, you, you, you feel closer to home, not just in proximity, but maybe even culturally with Champaign and Kankakee versus Ann Arbor and, and Kankakee. So I think that's been part of the adjustment for him. And so getting him on campus, renewing the relationships, renewing that field he has for Michigan was, I think, really, really significant. But it's a knockdown drag out with Illinois that I think is going to go into December to figure out who's going to come out on top.
Carmelo English backed off a commitment to Auburn last month. He actually took an official visit to Michigan back in the summer, and he was back in Ann Arbor this past weekend. Sam, could the Wolverines now be considered the front runner for the four-star pass catcher? Uh, one of the favorites, Blair. One of the favorites. You know, Michigan had been recruiting Carmelo English for a long time. They were an early adopter, and credit to, to them, credit to receiver coach Ron Bellamy, when he committed to Auburn, he didn't stop recruiting him. And, that, you know, that has to be a philosophy, I, I would say, for coaches across the college football landscape to never. I mean, the bell doesn't ring until signing day for any of these guys. And, and you do that not just because a guy might decommit, but be, with the transfer portal, you never know what it's going to be like. You might be recruiting that same kid two years from now. So it just so happens that Carmelo English came open a lot sooner uh, than expected. And Michigan was there ready to pounce. Uh, he made it to campus. Another kid who was blown away by the atmosphere. Uh, another kid who's saying he's going to make it back up to Michigan uh, before before signing day. So that is significant. I think that says if they aren't the team to beat, they're certainly one of the favorites. He wouldn't be making his way back up to Ann Arbor for another visit if that weren't true. Uh, and I think Michigan can really sell him on. Look, they have one receiver in the class. The, the other guy that they are clearly intently focused on is Nicholas Harbor. Uh, he's on the top of a lot of boards. And then there's one more slot. And they're telling Carmelo English they want him to be that guy. And I think they're making a compelling case. Another top 24-7 player, Brandon Davis Swain. The defensive lineman is from the state of Michigan, but is currently committed to Notre Dame. I'm not what sure kind of physique you want to compare the Irish to, but how likely are the Wolverines to flip that commitment? You know, it's, it's very interesting. So Brandon is a West Bloomfield kid. He has a number of uh, teammates on the roster already. Donovan Edwards is a West Bloomfield kid. Uh, for instance, Makari Page is a West Bloomfield kid. You look at on, on his current team, uh, you got a couple of guys on that roster right now that are West Bloom that are Michigan commitments. So he has Michigan all around him. And oh, by the way, his former head football coach is an assistant on Michigan staff. So you know you could say that he is spending time at Michigan just to be around teammates and his and his former coach. What did you? If say? you only visit once, but if you visit twice. Yeah, you start to think that there is a uh, some greater interest there. So we'll see. I, I think the kid I, and his dad, I know they've been adamant about saying that he is definitely still committed to Notre Dame. He is not wavering. He has not softened his commitment. But the door is clearly still open. If he if he had made his way to Michigan one time, you say, nah, it's, you know, who knows? But making it twice says there's an opportunity there. now. How big remains to be seen, but definitely a guy that Michigan has its eye on, and clearly he has his eye on the maize and blue, too. Yes, Brandon Davis Swain, one of the better prospects in the 2024 class. And Sam, I wanted to ask you about the perception of, of Michigan, right? Coming off a college football playoff spot last year, undefeated this year, do you think it helps more with that 2024 class? Which right now, if you're thinking about those players that were in high school last year as sophomores, they're juniors now, I mean, they're going through a golden era of sorts for the Wolverines. It's a great question, Blair. Yes. Succinctly, yes. I think it helps more with 24, but not not because they're, they're seeing Michigan go through success 
uh, more in their cycle or in their recruiting window. I think it has more to do with the opportunity to build relationships with them over time. The 23 class, they're just now getting to know a lot of the coaches on this staff. Remember, I mean, Jim Harbaugh was almost to the Minnesota Vikings. You you had both coordinators change. You had your defensive line coach uh, leave, right? You had a massive turn. You, re, your recruiting coordinator uh, also changed. So you had a major staff overhaul in the offseason. And that loses ground with a lot of kids that maybe you have built relationships or those coaches have built relationships up with uh, during their tenure at Michigan. So now the new staff comes in. They have to build some of those relationships. Harder to do with guys in the current cycle. Easier to do with guys that you have a longer time to do that with. And that's the case with the 2024s. So between the success that they're having on the field and getting involved with them earlier in their recruitments, it's a recipe for Michigan to resonate more and with the 2024s. But make no mistake, there's some 2023s that it, their success on the field, doing it back-to-back -back seasons, really probably moves the meter with none bigger than the guy that's at the top of their board, and that's Nicholas Harbor, who is Michigan. Uh, Michigan was down there seeing Nicholas Harbor today uh, in his school, uh, receivers coach Ron Bellamy down there uh, as we speak. So big, big target for the Amazing Blue in the 23 class. Awesome. Thank you so much for all the great insights, Sam. You can read his work on the Wolverines all season long at themichiganinsider.com. Blair, before we go, I want to go back to that quarterback conversation because it's kind of been an interesting subplot to monitor with Michigan in particular. They've missed on a few guys at that position. So what more do you need to see out of Michigan's quarterback recruiting? Yeah, when you think about Detroit native Dante Moore going across the country to play for Oregon in this 2023 class, they miss on legacy CJ Carr, who's committed to Notre Dame in the 24 class. And it's it leaves you wondering, right? What what's happening here? What why aren't they getting a high, a high caliber quarterback to commit to Jim Harbaugh, who by the way spent over a decade in the NFL, was a former first round draft pick, has done things in the NFL, leading the Niners to that uh, Super Bowl appearance, had success developing an Andrew Luck at, at Stanford. There's so many different things on his resume that leave you scratching your head. So Michigan definitely needs to raise their level of recruitment at quarterback. Jane Davis would be a, a, a great start for the Wolverines. And if they can't get him, then you move on a player like Isaac Wilson or any other in the 24 class that could potentially help you build a, a better, better core. Yeah, you heard Sam say it. They had all their eggs in one basket. Looks like their recruiting strategy is going to be a little bit different at that position this season. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube page. He's Blair Angulo. I'm Emily Proud, and this is Recruiting 24-7.